magnificent soul welcome to the real raw mama podcast and the fifth dimension where all truths are received with an open heart and all possibilities are available to us it's always now for those listeners who are new to the channel raw stands for respecting the one and all acknowledging that everyone and everything is perfect in the present moment while welcoming life on its precise terms and conditions, which as you know, can be one of the most challenging things that we do. This is lovingly borrowed from Matt Kahn's book, Everything is Here to Help You, which is a true masterpiece that has inspired me to reopen my heart and remember who I am. In this episode, I get real and raw with my friend Ike, an NYC born and raised writer, men's lifestyle coach, model, entrepreneur, inspirer, seeker of truth, and the creator of the inspirational concept, The Viable Alternative, a path chosen by an individual group or nation that chooses to shun the illusion and use their own unique mix of resources and treasures to build their own unique greatness using the four pillars of self-realization, self-appointment, self-discovery, and self-actualization, along with natural and universal laws and principles. We dive into how a man's relationship with his mother can affect his future intimate partnerships, feeling our feelings fully without the need to label or judge them, how to express radical honesty through the body, and becoming your own unique ideal. This was such a fun chat. Thanks for joining us. Please enjoy. Well, welcome, Ike, to the Real Raw Mama podcast. I'm so excited to have you here because when was the last time we did a conversation was like, I don't know, besides our long phone conversations? Um, That was like a lifetime ago. I mean, think about it. It was 2019 before the (laughs) pandemic, a whole lifetime. A whole like other world. Lifetime away. I remember. (laughs) We talked about um, what it's like to fall in love, guy, what it's like about a guy um, if he falls in love. What does that mean to him? guy I remember. right yeah. well and you know I think this is like partially connected and so everyone knows the first question I ask everyone the big question when you hear the words mother wound where do you feel that in your body how does that make you feel and what does that really mean to you well I feel um feel in my chest and I feel it come down my stomach and I feel a lot of sadness dropping in front of my body because, you know, the front of your body is your feminine that feels. So, um, yeah, a lot of sadness dropped in front of my body and everything. Um, and what was the other questions now? Well, the other two questions. Uh, just, well, yeah, you, so, so you said sadness, you feel it in your throat. It makes you feel sad. And so, like, what does that really me- mean to you on a personal level? It brings me back to when I was a child and I was very clingy towards my mom. Um, very, very clingy towards my mom. And actually- God, we've all done it. (laughs) Yeah, I was totally clingy towards my mom. I had this deathly fear that something was going to happen to my mom, like she was going to disappear and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, I I just, I fully was attached to my mom and um, it gave me anxiety when she would leave. And I remember the first story she told me- um, when she dropped me off at nursery school, I was like three years old. And I went to 
one of the Montessori schools. And I fucking, oh, excuse my language. Oh, <laughs> no, we say fuck here. And if people don't like it, they can find another channel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean that. Um, no, I'll make a point, not to point, to curse I when I'm doing actual videos. But no, <laughs> I lost it, man. And I remember my mom had to hide and um, leave. And she said she was sad, actually, because um, she said that, um, she, you know, she was sad. She's like, my, I'm, I was, I'm her firstborn. And she's had to hide and leave and um, not, and them have not, they had, the teachers had to distract me so I didn't see her leave and everything like that. But wow. she remembered saying how sad she was and everything because of that. So that makes me very sad right now. And I know there's a well of just undealt with wounds and trauma involved with that whole connection and everything with my mom. This episode of the Real Raw Mama podcast is brought to you by Ziva Meditation. Stressless more joy. If you're a real raw mama like me with a full life and a toddler, then you probably have or are experiencing overwhelm, stress, poor sleep, and or exhaustion or all of the above. I was nearly at the end of my exhaustion rope and I was honestly dipping into depression when I found Ziva online. I completed the 15-day super fun and simple online course and almost six months later, I have a daily practice and skill that I won't let go to waste. Because once you experience the benefits, you won't want to miss a meditation. And this is coming from someone who never could figure out how to freaking meditate. You'll learn the three M's, mindfulness, meditation, and manifesting the Ziva way. You'll enjoy your life a heck of a lot more. 80% of grads experience significant sustained stress reduction by month one. 90% have reported markedly better sleep including me. I'm no longer at the end of my rope throughout my day, and my life is full of so much more creativity and flow. For a free three-day trial, go to realrawmama.com forward slash linktree under Ziva Meditation or to the link in the show notes. Heal your past so you can create your future. Ziva helps you get better at life. Now, back to the show. So like, what, what is your earliest memory of, of being left by your mother somewhere else or feeling like that, that deep longing or abandonment? I remember, and oddly enough, I have, everybody says I have an amazing memory. I remember before I was even able to talk. And I remember one time my mom was cooking in the kitchen. And I remember I, you know, I wanted to just stand next to her. My father was trying to keep me out. He was like, you know, you know, like stand out and, and I go because the kitchen was like a galley there are two entrances and you have to go on a little yeah. entrance <laughs> so I remember I try to get my mom my dad would block because I go to the other side my dad would block me there too <laughs> and so you know <laughs> I don't remember it being over traumatic but I remember being frustrated because I wanted to be by my mom and yeah. um um I wasn't uh, able to um yeah I wasn't able to get to her but I remember Wow, just, I remember also one night I was I don't, maybe just I didn't want to go to bed and I remember my mom taking me putting me in my bed and closing the door me being darkness and I cried and cried and cried until I fell asleep and everything you know that's one of my early memories as well wow and so yeah. you know were there moments because I, I know as a mother it's like as much as we would love to give you our love all the time 
like, mm-hmm. you know, be close to you and touch you and play with you. It's like, if you're with a child 24 seven, it's sometime like, get the fuck away from me. Like, I mean, I, I was a very needy, annoying child. So, you know, oh, <laughs> well, no need well, to go I there. To like, I, I, I used to cry. <laughs> I used to cry a lot, man. I, my mom used to tell me stories and everything, you know, how I throw tantrums and stuff like that. And she, she, she'd laugh and, you know, she, her memory's not even great, but she remembers those stories and everything, you know. So, yeah, I was kind of a needy child, you know. Well, maybe uh, it's us uh, first children or first child syndrome. I don't know. I'm I'm the oldest of five, and I don't know if my mother would classify me as needy. I don't think I I like grew up that way at all. Definitely, maybe maybe as like a toddler, I probably was. I mean, that's the thing is having become a mother. I would say that every child is fucking needy okay like Mm. it is just ingrained in like your humanity when you're first born it's like that is the only being that does everything for you all the time and i feel like that happens a lot you know innately naturally that happens because you're the mother and you you know you give you gave them life you're feeding them all of those things but i also feel like on a cultural level we have like definitely push that to an extreme because mothers do everything because there isn't like this sort of tribal community where there's other energies and things where a child can be attuned to also yeah um yeah i think there needs to be more consciousness around that you know in this day and age um because there's no tribal community there needs to be a consciousness between the two parents about how you can and, and, you know, I don't care what society says, but, you know, a male child and, and a female child have different types of needs just for being different energies and different beings. Um, and I think there needs to be some type of conscious addressing of that, you know, um, in terms of the connection. Because we often hear that the man is the first person that breaks a child's or woman's heart. It's a husband, excuse me, the husband, the father, sorry, the father is the first man that breaks a woman's heart. And the mother is the first woman that breaks a man's heart. I've heard those in those circles. Before. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, you never heard those before? Just, no, just, just because of like, well, obviously everyone doesn't have children, so that might not apply in well, those situations, but. Well, then the, the, those who don't have children, <laughs> what did their parents do? What was the relationship and the connection with their parents, you know, and who broke their heart and so on and so forth. Right. Um, and so. Yeah, and that starts the whole cycle of seeking in your partner that which your parents didn't, wouldn't, or couldn't provide for you. Mm-hmm. you know, the way we project, because our parents are the first rela- human beings we have a relationship with, whether right. our biological parents or our caretakers, and our dating life, our needs, and other people are projected through the coloring of what we experienced with our parents. And, for sure. Of that. And so how did you see, or how do you see that playing out in terms of this mother wound? Maybe oh sort of, it sounds God. like you had feelings of abandonment and neglect oh on some gosh. level. Like, oh how do you God. see that playing out? Or have you seen that play out in your relationships? Didn't we talk about this the last podcast? Oh yeah, well, let's, re- <laughs> let's rehash. I'm sure there's more to add. <laughs> no, um, man. It went, I remember my first, the whole thing, and I talked about it, we hashed it out with my therapist, the, the push-pull. Please don't leave me, but get away from me. 
And it was, oh yeah, dude. I mean, look, any bizarre behavior you experience from guys and everything, yeah, I can, uh, yeah, I've exhibited that, you know? Um, Well, I'm laughing because I have also, and I'm sure every human being on this planet through the codependency, like different connections that we end up like entangling with other people that we've all felt that sort of like, I don't want to be with you, but don't fucking leave me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, then, you know, you know, you hear the different attachment styles, avoidant, and then there's um, uh, codependent, uh, or is it, I don't know what the name is, other co- but there's definitely avoidant, codependent, and there's one that actually marries those two. And so I've been the guy that, yeah, is avoidant, and when she leaves, I'm devastated. It's like someone, I remember my first girlfriend um, I dated, and uh, I mean, I got along with her amazingly, but I, 21, 22, and um I just remember just her complaining that I was emotionally distant and so on and so forth. And I didn't know what the hell that meant. You know, I mean, look, emotions were something for you to manage and put in a box and so they won't affect you. (laughs) So you can stand up and, you know, hold your head up high. Right. And so it was that there was that complaint and, you know, her saying, you know, I don't feel like a girlfriend around you and so on and so forth. And finally, smartly and wisely, I, if I ever saw her again, wisely, I, I'll shake her hand. You know, she, she, she dumped me wisely, finally, you know, after going back and forth, breaking up, getting back there, she finally was done. And I can tell you that I actually can feel cycling her pulling away before it actually happens. And um, for sure you uh, can, because we give you so many freaking signs. <laughs> no, but the psychic one, because I, I didn't talk to her for a couple of days, but the psychic, like, I remember this big haze of depression coming over me before like I hadn't talked in a couple of days but this age of depression coming over me and then I called her and was like oh what's the matter can I call you back later and then finally she said you know listen it's done and blah 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 you know it really felt like someone like I lost like it really felt like someone dying I felt uh-huh. like I lost it literally felt to me like so I still say that's one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever been through and it had nothing to do with her but I remember right. oh my gosh like you think <laughs> that's why I watched Kanye try and get back with Kim I'm like dude dude doing it wrong my freaking goodness i actually made a a, a instagram reel on that you know that you do not because i mean if we want to get into that i know i'm sorry i'm kind of veering away oh no no no. well we could take this sidetrack because i i want to know what would what would you have him do well and this is what i didn't understand then because people say oh well why she's so cold and blah 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 she moved on so easily well she was mourning when you were being an idiot in the relationship that's when the woman was doing her mourning and being hurt the way you are now she she was doing all the mourning the crying at night when he's going to change your girlfriends tell him just leave him he's 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 not treating you right oh no no i want to give that's when she's doing the mourning right and we're being ourselves and being emotionally distant and stuff like that and finally (laughs) She's done. And well, I'll be, and you know she's done because she refused to talk about it. And that's when we feel it. And then we have to do our morning that she already did. And when she finally gives that final like axe and moves on and gets her new man, and we're like, well, what the hell? Why, why she move on so quickly, man? Why she move on to your FMF that bit? <laughs> Sorry, she did the morning. And that's what happened with me. And I'm getting back to myself, literally speaking, I remember crying being sending gifts cards i mean like all the works and she was having none of it and rightfully so i get it you know i mean fine she told me it's too late and she was right you know she was totally right but literally speaking it literally it was hugely traumatizing and i didn't know it then but that was a projection of me severing from my mom 
at, of the fear. It was literally like, like my mom dying. I can tell you that I literally felt like my world had ended. It was just something deeply traumatic. It was one of the most traumatic things. And I think it was wow. just one of my fears of losing my mom. I think um, my mom dying or whatever. My mom, thank God, is still alive. Knock on wood. But that was the, literally speaking, I, I, I now look back with this, with the therapy I've gone through just over my life, being a lot more emotionally intelligent than I was when I was 21. And it was some culmination of like losing my mother. It was, wow. and it, it affected me for a number of years. And, and so do you think that like there was anything that your mother could have done or that would have given, provided a different you know, scenario where you would not have felt that wound of abandonment or neglect? I think my mom was going through her own stuff with her marriage. And, you know, my father, may his soul rest in peace. It's a couple of days ago was the year death uh, anniversary of his death. Wow. But he wasn't the easiest. I mean, God bless his heart and his soul, you know, but he wasn't the easiest husband, easiest father. He was a great provider. But yeah, I, I don't promise with that. And just her dealing with herself. And then um, what, a parent, what parents do that are wrong that I'm learning now as I've done these men's um, work and understanding the different connections in your body is when a parent is mad at you, they actually not only are mad at you, but they remove the love. They move the heart. They're like, they're mad at you. Then they remove your heart from you. So the kid can, because kids are, you know, kids aren't, don't have the, magic of um, vocabulary yet or understanding but they can feel a lot more right so you know um and a woman is attuned to feeling her child so that's why a woman a lot more intuitive because you know kids a woman has to feel her baby or feel that something a woman just have that i don't care what other people say that yeah men can be intuitive but not to the extent of a woman because it's a child's survival for sure and so um child can feel when the parent you know both parents do it but just just take the mother mother removes her heart because she's mad at him and the child feels that that in itself is traumatic and then 12 hours later whatever she comes back oh i love you again she says that with her heart and that constantly severing and bringing back that in itself is traumatic and i never realized in that level it's like yeah so my mom um yeah she would do that as a child and um listen okay a child Again, I know you said earlier, don't be hard on a child because a child's world depends on a mother. So a mother, a child is needy because life and death is, is, is connected to the mother, basically speaking. She has control of that, you know, psychically, emotionally. And so um, I, I, I know she couldn't be there all the time, but these, these doing these things and everything like that to a child and everything, you know, um, yeah, that, that was traumatic. That was definitely traumatic, not being able to feel her at certain times um, and child think, you know, I'm losing my life source. You know? Right. Well, and that, that's what I really hope to bring to light about this wound is this is not anyone in particular's fault. This isn't the child's right. fault. It's not the mother's fault. It's not even the father's fault. This is all of us collectively together. How can we make this better? How can we support mothers? How can we provide them an environment where they feel supported and loved and nurtured because they literally are raising the next generation. Sure. And like you said, this sort of severing of heart and then like, oh, now I'm supposed to like feel warm and fuzzy towards you and that's how we find ourselves in these toxic yeah. relationships where it's like oh but i hate you but i love you i hate you but I love you. yeah um well i think and again we can't control because again it starts with the partners we choose because um 
as I know you very well know, I think, and I'm lear- I've learned, I've not been married or anything like that, but the relationship between the parents is a tantamount most important relationship in the house because it sets a container for what type of environment the kid is going to grow up in. And um, with the woman feeling supported by the masculine and she can surrender to a place where she's calm and then, then nurture the child and the children and the household. Right. So that goes into just really first of all seeking to build and cultivate a healthy relationship with your partner and then that being the container you know man being the container for the house so the woman can build the home because the masculine builds a house and the woman provides the energy and you know she provides the picture for sure i mean and we have to really honor that we have to honor that and respect that as a society Again, this is going to be controversial, but when you're trying to blur lines and say, well, they're all the same, you're really going against the, um, the, um, the building blocks of nature. Right. Uh, by trying to social engineer, you're trying to stick your hand in something that's like so woven and complex and just put little surface labels. Oh, it's the same thing and blah, blah, blah. No, it's not. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean one is better than the other, but we no. each have our certain roles. We have our energies. Sure, some men are more feminine, and that's great. There's no, and some women are no, more masculine. There are arguments to set be said. I've heard. I don't know if I agree with them or not. That a woman is who's much more masculine has a a, a wound in her, and a man who's much more feminine has a wound in him. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist or a scientist. I can be right. debated, but. 90% of men are using more masculine and 10%, 90% of women are using more feminine. And I think that we need to become comfortable with that while getting in touch with our different parts of us that are well, men becoming more comfortable as feminine so he can actually give more of his masculine and woman, vice versa. And I think then we can start to have, um, in this new type of nuclear society, we can start to now um, look at the stimulus of that and um, build accordingly so that we can nurture the family unit, which is right. going to go out to society and build in society. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just, it's more like, is this helpful? <laughs> Whatever is going on, is this helpful? <laughs> is this helpful to a happy, healthy, whole relationship that can, you know, feel nurturing and supportive to all parties involved? So that really, for me, is the biggest question on that. And I know I knew our conversation was going to go all over the map, but it's like got a perfect theme, of course, as as well. And so I really wanted to ask you, like, what is the gift that you offer to the planet that has like truly allowed you to receive all of the things that have happened in your journey, all of the 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 lessons learned and the moments of despair and the moments of bliss all of these things like what has really allowed you to receive your whole gift in total as a, your journey your whole journey in total as a gift wait what what about me has allowed me to receive my whole journey like, what are the gifts that you what is the gift that you offer to the planet that has allowed you to sort of re- receive the whole gift of your journey okay uh number one is my childlike curiosity um i'm just i see I little things fascinate me you know little things fascinate me in fact even this conversation the nuances in and how we went to a whole different thing and came back <laughs> it's fascinating to me what the hell you know it's fascinating to me um so I can appreciate little things and um <clears throat> different and also appreciate different ideas and 
it gets me into trouble just understand the nuances of life and not everything is black and white you know some guy who's vilified by the media um because of his views but then i was like well why about looking at it this way i may not like the person but can we receive this and that about the person right uh, and i think that has a lot of people to trust me more um and also really because they know i they they see me or they say that i'm genuine because right. um, i speak from my heart um the other gift i have when i've been told now through these men's workshops that i'm very grounded um naturally said i'm very a lot of for my female friends so i'm very grounded so it's caused me to have a lot and experience a lot of the beautiful feminine um and really talk to them as friends and just connect with them and really feel their energy and enjoy them you know as i clear on my own blocks so i can integrate other parts of me i just see that happening more on a bigger level but that's part of it the other part of it is my ability to inspire people um that has got me to see a lot of people to come to me and open up to me and see the nuances of their problems and see some of these dudes who cry in front of me and i'm just like geez wow <laughs> you know i'm not laughing at like this when they're doing it but you know it's yeah to see people come to me and want to open up to me and yeah um, that's inspiring yeah and that's i guess the gift of just uh, being able to connect to another man and um, you don't know how many times someone's told me in the seminars yo dude you know I don't know you just the way you, you you're very present and you know I, I you're just very trustworthy and thank you for listening to me and giving me that advice um, sometimes it almost brings a tear to my eye when you go to your own your own struggles you think oh my gosh I'm a useless bastard and so <laughs> so you think that in your in your in your dark low moments but then you look at the gift that you give and that people receive it you know what I mean yeah um and then I guess also and it's as shallow as it is but it's, I guess it's not shallow because people say my smile and I say my smile because sometimes I'm thinking about stuff in the street and I'm just smile to myself and see other people smiling <laughs> back at me and it's a thing okay wow my smile is able to warm and open other people up you know um I guess my persistence and perseverance finally my persistence and perseverance um because sometimes when you think okay it's over i'm just you know am i just going to end it on drop jump off a roof what the hell you know this, this seems like a dead end but then you like look and then you just see the gift that you got at the bottom of that the world has to give to you that you're squeezed like a toothpaste and something else came from the bottom of you that you didn't know that was there or you got to receive this gift of life that you're like, wow, thank goodness I persevered because I wouldn't have been able to experience this gift that I've gotten. Right. I love all that. Well, that kind of already answers my next question, which was how do you inspire light on the planet? But, you know, we, we've been, and it's, I love that you said that women feel comfortable um, with you and that, you know, because, because first of all, like I've, how long we've been friends. And then, by the way, we've never met for those yeah. of you who know us or don't yeah. know us, we have never met in person, but we've been friends she for keeps, life. She keeps postponing a trip to New York, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been friends for like five, four, five, five years, something like that. Well, 20, 2018. Yeah, you were introduced to me by someone. I don't think you're, you don't talk to that person much anymore. Oh, Adam, I don't really talk yeah. to him. No, I mean, no, oh. but we've had, you and I have had many conversations and yeah, I've always felt like really comfortable with you and like, 
friendly with you and never like you're trying to come on to me or like any of those weird and uh, women deal with that so often and so that is a yeah. huge like attractive quality to have as a man Thank you. and it Thank actually you. really in to me it inspires light because to be be able to be around someone and feel like yourself and not feel like somebody's like creeping in on you is like <laughs> feels like light to me yeah 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 <laughs> um Oh, so wait, you said the other, so you said the I other answered question the other is, question. you know, how do you inspire light on the planet? Um, I think I, the big way I um, inspire light is by my seeking because I just randomly, and I just can see it in social media um, when people reach out to me and say to me occasionally, and you don't even know who's watching, dude, thank you for your posts. Uh, they inspire courage. They're very brave. They're very vulnerable and they inspire courage in me. Or I hear... Um, one guy, I posted a recommendation on the Kanye documentary because I think it was very inspiring. Hate him or love him, watch it. And someone said, dude, I value your opinion very highly, highly. And I'll totally watch it. A couple of people said that. And um, I was like, really? Oh, okay. Um, thank you. I didn't really know that. And I think it's just uh, my inspire light through my constant seeking. Um, I, it's polarizing how I can see the nuances of stuff when everybody was beating Trump. And I don't even like Trump either. I didn't like Trump, but I was like, no, stop. Let's look at the other stuff he did. And even, you, know, you don't have to like someone to, to at least see some. Because, oh, no, you're a Trump supporter. You're a Trump supporter. I was like, dude, I just told you I don't even like him. But the <laughs> thing, it's the nuances <laughs> of people that you can, even if you don't like a person, can you agree with some of the stuff? That, and can you learn sure. from that person? But you're branded a complete support of that person this day and age. So I think in that, in that some people can see that and they can value my opinion because I know that I'm going to give you an unbiased opinion. I really right. try to look at stuff and um, while trying to stay connected to myself, not get carried away in my emotions so that I'm just being emotional, you know, and not coming from a place where I can see, okay, you know, I can see this. I don't like it, but I can see this. I don't like him, but I can see this part I agree with. So I think that's another part. I think that's how you can bring light in that you can um, really find a way to even work with people that you don't agree with or don't like. Right. Because you have a small bit of common knowledge and you can um, galvanize your gifts to go and produce a certain result. Now, I love that quality. I mean, I like to think that I have that quality as well. I have a, uh, I don't know, we won't get into astrology, but I wonder oh, if you have a, <laughs> hey, no, get, what, Let's I, not go. That'll be another hour conversation. <laughs> That'll be a whole another 30 minute conversation. Yeah. Um, but you, I'm, I wonder if you have a Gemini moon because like Gemini moons were very like, we see the, all sides of everything. And so we want to make sure like everything has been given a good look before we offer like any opinion. And generally speaking, I don't really like to offer my opinion on anything unless it's asked for. So, mm, you know, well, that's my other problem. I actually offer it when it's not asked for. And that's been a problem I'm trying to work with. <laughs> I know my moon my, yeah, it got me a lot of trouble. Uh, my moon is in a uh, Scorpio, which is the most difficult of, you know, oh, but of course, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Everybody makes that gasp when they hear it, but well, it no, my me... son has a Scorpio moon. So, and so does his dad. <laughs> okay. I we may have okay. even had this conversation before. <laughs> I don't remember it, but now, okay. But you know what? The moon causes us to want to go deeply into stuff. Right. So maybe if you really want to extrapolate it, that, your ability to take on different sides is because you want to go deeper into the matter. And when you go deeper in the matter, you can actually see different sides of it when you go on the deeper level of For an, sure. an issue. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that that is, I think, kind of the whole journey of unraveling and expansion of consciousness is that you begin to see that there are no sides, right? <laughs> you know? Right, you begin to see like a, you go down deeper, right? You get, you get, I don't know how to say it. I don't want to be another hour conversation, but you begin to see <laughs> all sides of something. You go on a deep, 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 deep level, you know? Um, so I guess that's the moon and Scorpion being able to go and do that and delve deep. I love that. So if you could offer a statement of love to the world that really inspires you on your journey and embodies who you are, what would it be? A statement of love that embodies who I am. Or, yeah. Or a statement of inspiration, just like kind of like sure. a, a mantra that is you. Um, I'm going to give you a bit of my inspirational concept that I call the viable alternative is that each and every one of you on this planet have your own unique mix of internal resources and treasures that you can use to build your own unique greatness without. So there's no need to try to fit into some type of image or illusion that's purported to be, oh, this is it, this is ideal. No, you can take your own unique mix of resources and treasures and be your own unique ideal. There's no, and not even have to measure to the other one because you're different, different different, um, composition of gifts and treasures that make you uniquely great on your own. And it's up to you to go inside and harness that and build something great without. I love that. That was beautiful. Like a meditation you should take people through. Oh, become a coaching client. No. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Keep adding tools to your toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually do. I don't take them to that specific meditation, but I do take clients through um, a meditation and do going inward and stuff and connecting within. I love that. And so if you have core values, because I don't know, some people maybe haven't thought about them, but if you have core values, what are they? I have two. You can have as many as you want. Okay. And I'm funny. I write them down because I just want to make sure I don't forget. Um, Number (laughs) one, God and spirituality. Um, the second one is health because without health, you can't do a damn thing in the world. I'm trying to list as more order of importance, but it's going to, the order is going to get skewed because I don't remember the actual order offhand. Um, God, God and spirituality, health, um, continuous, uh, growth, like, uh, personal growth, evolution or transformation. Um, oh my gosh, the fourth one, I just was not important freedom. Freedom is very high on my list. I don't, freedom is super high. Um, then um, family relationships and um, finally um, success, money success. Love oh, wait. It. No, I, I actually, and also over there, I also say um, like fulfillment, purpose and stuff like that. But I, in hashing it out is kind of connected to freedom, but it's not. But so that's, but I'll put that as there as a value. I love that. I mean, when you say all those, I'm like, yeah, those are my, my, my core values too. But I, I just um, have sort of narrowed mine down, just kind of all encompassing with love everyone and tell the truth. So, <laughs> which is not something that you can really do by thinking about. It's really something that sort of you embody by just sort of one day coming into the awareness that that is already what you are Mm -hmm. and that when you are living your authentic self, you know, you're always telling the truth. Sure. Sure. I think, um, 
not only where we, we live life where we're not trying to get to that place, so to speak, but we come from that place. And that every type of healing we do or situation we go through, we remove a layer that gets us closer or, or allows us to expand more into that love. So just say now your love, you're connected to that love at a 2% level or 3% level. And through healing, it's four or five. We never get to 100% because there's no ever 100% of love. Love is an energy. There's no limit to it. But just it, we, we come from the place of love rather than seek it. And then we seek to grow it more and more in that love every day. Yeah. And, you know, it's not always that easy to embody. <laughs> not at all. Uh, well, so what are the, the projects that you're currently working? Oh, actually, no, wait. There's another question that I was going to add to my list that I haven't sent out to people. But what are the tools, your favorite tools that you utilize in the moments where you're like, stress to the max you're like taken out of the present moment what did what are the tools that you use to ground you back into center thank you that's a great question um because it's, it's it's changed actually i actually do a lot of now and i learned this from this uh, men's group uh feel it the fearless man shout out to brian bajan if you ever listen to this um emotional welcoming and revealing where um if I'm stressed, I just now, instead of trying to resist it or try to go in my head and say 35,000 affirmations about why I shouldn't be stressed or trying to get out of it, I just, I'm learning to just welcome it and feel it in my body, feel the anxiety, feel the fear. Where is it showing up? Is it showing up in my stomach? Can I welcome it? Can I remove any attachment to it? Can I remove my aversion to it and just be in it? Right. Because yeah, really. That's really, I, I, all these years, and it just really hit me. I took a bunch of hit me, click for me last November, um, just to welcome it. And, you know, really the problem with emotions is that we call them good and bad, but really, if you actually take out the logical label on them, they're just pleasant and unpleasant, you know, but some, some of them don't feel sensationally don't feel right. Some feel better, but can we remove the, um, can we remove the, and let go of the uh, judgment towards it? Right. Really experience it. And that's how we can truly be present. And that's how I think um, really relationships, romantic relationships can go to a whole new level. If you guys can just be in the emotion at the time, whatever it is, and just accept it and be with each other in that. And that's how I think you can foster really strong bonds. Of right. Yeah. I mean, something that I've been, learning for a little while, but like most things more challenging to embody in the moment that you're in <laughs> uh, is, yeah, when, you know, you're having an issue with a partner, not letting it run for moments or days or whatever, just interrupting it with, hey, can we address this now? And can we not so much talk about it mind to mind, but can I really like truly express in my body, like how I'm feeling? Yes. Um, and I haven't read it yet, but there's a book that talks about that radical honesty. I don't even hear about that. Where, I have uh, heard of it, but I have not read it. Me neither. <laughs> I've heard, I actually heard about it. One of these things where, like you say, logically what, I mean, it's a better step when you, you know, they have this nonviolent communication where you, yeah, you wounded me 35 hours ago and I'm wounded and hurt in my chest and you talk well, but you know, and that's all right. It's better than yelling at each other and throwing stuff. It's better. But the next level I'm learning now, if you really want to feel the raw essence of ground zero, the passion, the, the energy of it is 
just to let your partner vent. I mean, I, I know from a man, I don't know from a woman, from a man's side, you stand in there, be grounded, and you feel it, and you take it. After a certain point, she will have let go of, and express everything that needed to be expressed. And that connection can come back. And all that resentment is gone. That builds up and so right. that, and seeps and eats out, eats the core of the relationship. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes if you just do pattern interrupts, like if a man grabs a woman and like twirls around, like moves her body, like get her to dance or something, that. you know, you might, you, have, you might, you might want to read this, the, <laughs> the moment before, before yeah. you do it. But generally speaking, I mean, I can say as a woman, there have been times when I have been enraged and I'm like literally standing in his face, like, fucking take me like do something like physically with me in like a kind loving like passionate way but i am begging you to like break this well and here's and i know again i'm I, I, i'm thinking about trying to connect it back to the mother womb, but here's actually okay we, we can connect it back to the mother womb and the mother being supported this is where actually where it comes for a guy to be in his masculine but understand it's feminine because if you're in a situation like that um, a guy who's has who has a good relationship with feminine can feel you, right? In a in a situation like that, and be like, oh, she needs to be twirled or pattern interrupted, and then from his masculine grounded can do that because he first read, he first was able to read your energy and be like, oh shoot, she needs to be, you know, I feel that she needs to be loved, she needs to be pattern interrupted, and the guy then can be grounded and do it, and that's where now that the play of the masculine and feminine in a, in a, in, in a man's right. vessel can come to play. And then going back to the mother and the mother wound support, it gives support to the mother that, oh my gosh, this guy has totally got me and I'm free now to be the feminine in the container that I created. So yeah, right. we made a connection. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you can teach men that, which leads me to my next um, question is what are what projects are you working on that you're really excited about right now? Well, um, I'm working on, so, you know, I had um, my men's uh, lifestyle brand is connect underwear and t-shirts. It's called Vault. It stands for, it's a play off the word, the viable alternative. And the brand is to basically uh, inspire men to build their own and become whole balanced masculine men. The guy that can meditate in a, um, in an ashram or pray in a church or, you know, meditate in his house. But if someone came to hurt his family, we'll punch you out. You know, the guy that can save his kidney. You know what I mean? The, the, like, you know, the, the different archetypes, the lover, yeah. the warrior, the magician, like inspire that whole balanced masculine man to be that a guy can go and build his own. That's really one inspire um, through my brand, um, the lifestyle brand. And then my inspirational concept I have called the viable alternative, which is a path chosen by an individual group or nation that chooses to shun the illusion or what you call the matrix and take their own unique mix of resources and treasures to build their own unique greatness using the four pillars of self-realization, self-appointment, self-discovery, self-actualization, along with natural universal laws. And so that concept, you know, through that concept, I want to coach men on how to really harness themselves and then, you know, coach them and so on and so forth. And then selling the clothing so they can be associated with that feeling of being whole and balanced. Oh my God, I love that. Building their own. Yeah, that's, that's what I've been working on slower than what i would like but this is like what i'm trying to build a whole platform based on this you know yeah we need those men fast hurry 
I'm still working on becoming that guy. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. That's the whole journey though, isn't it? Like, has anyone really like, did you reach the highest peak? Like, have you made it there yet? Like we're always learning and evolving and growing. And I think you said to me the other day when we were on the phone, if you're one step ahead or two steps ahead of somebody, then you can inspire and uplift someone to the next level. And it doesn't mean you're doing the work for them, but you can through your own, you know, life of embodying these practices and tools, you can inspire someone to that next level. Sure. 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 I completely agree. So thank you for doing that because the planet needs you. Thank you. <laughs> and so my final question is what is your current favorite read or listen that you would share with everyone you could, if you would, everyone you would, if you could. My current favorite read. Okay. I haven't read it. I haven't read it in a while. I, a, a guy, a coach advised me to stop reading because I'm trying to fix myself too much, which I can see. Is oh yeah. That's part of the journey too. Like I hardly, like I'll listen to things. I'm inspired to listen to certain things here and there, but I don't listen to things nearly like I used to. Yeah. Yeah. No, he said that, dude, you have a pattern of trying to fix yourself and get to a place instead of just be there. So he gave me a rule. I haven't read a book in like a year. Uh, no, I'm actually reading one now, but that's on some hip hop artists. But one book I would recommend um, is called The um, Letting Go by David Hawkins. Oh my God. You might even be the second or third person, not necessarily on an episode recording that has said that to me, but just in general. So amazing. I think book. I need to read it. <laughs> amazing, 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 amazing book. And that's where, you know, I learned a lot of the whole thing about like, you being in a situation and how to properly take in and know and process your emotions and stuff like that and be with your emotions, you know? Uh, that book, I think the book is flimsy on the how so much, but it gives you a good understanding of the what. And it mm. kind of, I, I recommended this to a guy who I thought was gonna be a coaching client, he didn't, but he said he changed his life. Wow. That he totally That's changed awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well, I've reached the end of my list and I know we could have gone like so many different directions with our conversation. I try to keep the conversations like to about 45 minutes, just, you know, just like as I've become a mother, I'm like, wow, like I really value my time. So I, <laughs> I can't, I can't be like Joe Rogan and talk for two or three hours, <laughs> even though I could talk for two or three hours, but then I wouldn't with get a cigar or smoking weed with the Adam yeah for fucking real Jack man. Daniels, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. No, thank no, you that's actually me. my dream. Somebody told me. Somebody asked me. They're like, "What are you going to be the next female Joe Rogan?" I'm like, "Well, I don't know if I want to go there. I would love to be that pop. I would love for this work to become that popular, but I don't aspire to be him." The interesting about Cam, and I want to know if you, you'd be willing to do that, though, is that because he's so polarizing, but not wanted to be polarized. He's not like a he's not like an intentionally polarizing guy. But in this day and age, thinking against a narrative narrative is polarizing. Asking oh, questions yeah. that don't fit the narrative is polarized. So are you really do you see yourself doing that? Because I mean, you obviously like you talked or you said earlier that you like to see different points of views. That's oh, I do, but I, I, but I, but I, the other, the other aspect of it is though that I'm, not, I'm not gonna sit here and sort of discuss what is right or wrong or political or this or that. Like my, my topic is really like this topic, which is the going within the, you know, the divine mother, which is the one who receives all truths with an open heart. You know, if we, if we truly want to all call our divine mother energy to presence, 
we that is the energy that receives all truths with an open heart. It doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries and we let you know all hell break loose, but it means that I hear you, I see you, I love you, and I can hear your sp- story without shaming you or judging you, and I can provide a safe split, safe space for you to be seen, heard, honored, and loved. So, um, so I don't know. I don't think that's polarizing. If it becomes polarizing, then maybe there's some you know, like you said, the mother wound sounds trigger. It first, it triggered you. And I do think that it is triggering to people initially because that is the most challenging journey. The most daunting journey is the love of self, which is the divine mother who receives you as you are. Mm, That's very true. So that's my, that's my soapbox. (laughs) Is there anything that you would like to add before we sign off? Um, no, I think I, I, unless you something else you want to know, I think I've said what I needed to say. Oh, no, I think we'll have future chats. My, my goal and my dream is to have by the end of this year, a studio, a live studio where I can invite my, all my favorite guests to come in. Cause I mean, that's way more fun, fun than staring at someone through a fucking screen. Right. So sure, sure, sure. I'd be curious to see how you set the place up. Oh yes. I ha- I have it all envisioned. So nice. definitely you'll be one of my first guests. Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And yeah, loved all your shares and inspiration. All right. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we'll talk in the next Divine Timing, I'm sure. For more inspired content, Real Raw Mama moments, holistic tips, technologies, and tools, follow us at Real Raw Mama on Instagram and visit realrawmama.com. To claim your free seven keys to optimizing your health, wealth, freedom, and happiness, go to embracewhoyouare.com. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a real raw episode. And I want you to remember, you're the chosen one. We all are.